everyone. Welcome back to Tax Talk with Hey Hey. I'm your host, Suhei Piedra with Prominence Business, located here in Glendora, California, helping clients across the United States save on taxes. Today's guest is Mike Hardy. Mike Hardy is a managing partner with Churchill Mortgage and a co-founder of Cyrus Opportunity Zone Fund. He has over 20 years of experience in the mortgage, real estate, and financial world. Mike, thank you for being here with us today. Suhei, it's a pleasure to be here. Mike and I can go on and talk for hours, so we'll try to keep it short for you guys. But uh, in last episode, we did talk about the four quadrants, the cash flow four quadrants. And I wanted to invite Mike because, in my opinion, he's an individual that has experienced all of the quadrants. And I want to pick his brain a little bit on some of those things. But before we go there, I'd like to talk about um, Mike and his personal experience with 75 hard. How's that going? Yes, uh, it's, it's going very well. It's, um, it was a big goal the first of last year and 75 hard has a couple of different iterations. It continues to go on. So, um, it's, uh, it's something I do it as much for just improving my, my mental game as my physical game. And, uh, it's, it just helps to find another, another level of discipline, but I'm 12 days in Say the 12th, 12, 12 <laughs> days in to the fourth, the fourth wave, which is called phase three. So they have 75 hard then they have phase one, phase two and phase three. First is 75 days. Then you have 30 days and then 30 and then 30. So you take time off in between. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense, but I really enjoy it. And I know you do it, obviously, to feel better and it's on a personal level. But do you think that helps you on the business side as well? You know, undoubtedly it does. Um, I think that there's a term I like, which is called weaponizing yourself. And that allows you to win in all areas of life, personal and business. But I think the, uh, I follow something called core four, which 75 hard integrates very nicely with, but doing this, um, personally, I feel like if we are on point physically and mentally and emotionally, um, it will inevitably help us grow in business. And that's, that's what I've experienced. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I definitely admire your discipline. So in both, in the 75 hard and in your business structure. Um, so in the last episode, like I mentioned, we went over the cash flow quadrants, which you're familiar with. But I did talk about purchasing power. I talked about um, how it's important that clients um, realize that in order to be able to graduate over to some of those other quadrants, that we get a hold of under- and understand our purchasing power. Um Tell us your thoughts, since you are in the lending world, mortgage and all of that, how important are, are like your tax filings and to have your financials as a business or in order, in order to acquire that purchasing power? Mm. Uh, that's a great question. I think um, one of the things I respect about you and your firm is that you're very forward thinking. And I don't know what all tax professionals are. Um, and I know the same to be true in the lending world. Most folks will just let someone know if they're pre-approved or not. Um, I think that in real estate, first of all, there's more millionaires made in real estate than any other area of life, uh, other than maybe being a small business owner. But those are sort of the two areas to be able to build wealth if, if, if done well. Um, but we know that in order to participate in, in real estate, you have to plan forward. And part of the planning forward involves making sure that your credit is in good shape, making sure that you have the, uh, the purchasing power through income necessary to be able to qualify. So a lot of times, especially for small business owners, 
there's a balance to find out how do I do this well, but a little bit of planning can go a long way to always be able to maintain purchasing power to be able to not miss opportunities if you're an investor or be prepared if you're self-employed and you you want to get into real estate to at least be positioned so you can qualify. Right. And I tell clients it's not necessarily always real estate. I know we, you know, I'm known to always promote real estate, but I talk about other things, for example, purchasing power allowing you to purchase equipment for your business mm -hmm. or um, acquire your first office building, you know, things like that, right? right? So those are always important to look at and to protect that purchasing power or have an understanding of it, right? Um, and since you're part of the real estate world, um, you know, when you are investing in real estate, um, do you um, consider taxes and um, the tax consequences of uh, of your investment in real in that particular real estate? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think that anytime I'm going to analyze something for myself, or we actually do this for all of our clients, we we spend an inordinate amount of time on the guidance side and the advice side for helping people build wealth and strategically um, lining up the the, uh, uh, the the best lending strategy. But I mean, I just, I'm thinking of spreadsheets that I've created <laughs> where where I'll have, um, you know, I'll be able to plug in a couple things. Number one, what is a conservative projection for appreciation over time? What is the amortization where I'm going to be paying down the loan, assuming there's a loan on a particular property? Um, any depreciation that will come into play, and then also any tax relevant tax deduction as well. So that's where, I mean, you and your group come in is to be able to dial that tight. We can usually get a, a reasonable estimate with what we have with the client. But I don't, I think that it, it's one of like the best kept secrets. And I, I, I wish that more people understood just the, the power of compounding over time combined with tax benefits, combined with paying down debt. Um, I mean, I think Einstein calls it the eight compounding interest, the eighth wonder of the world. So um, anytime we're looking at real estate, whether it's for myself for a purchase, whether it's for, you know, our, our, our fund, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit, or important, most importantly, I mean, we've helped about 5,000 clients over the last five years with a purchase or a refinance. But each time it's about how do we do it as efficient as possible and how do we strategically set them up if they're a first-time buyer to then be able to think into how can I start moving into investment property in the future? Got it. And that's perfect. That's yeah. what I love to to also promote here and talk to our clients to, so that they see a bigger picture, right? And we plan for it. Um, I know that you have a webinar that uh, is be becoming really popular. Um, what is – is it called 2007 or – it's So it's called – it's called uh, Facts, Not Feelings, Similarities and Differences between 2007 and 8 and 2023. And so what we found is that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fear out there. And uh, one, of, one of the things that frustrates me is fear freezes people from taking action that's in their best interest. Right. And so the reason we put this webinar together is really to help educate all of our clients and all of our realtor and financial advisor partners to the key similarities, but also the key differences. There's a, there's a school of thought that real estate's going to have a massive crash because why? Because it, there was a massive crash in the past. Okay. There was a run up in prices and then a crash. And now we've had a run up in prices. And so the assumption is we're going to crash again. So I've spent 
north of 300 hours now in the in the weeds researching all of the different aspects of supply and demand um, the credit environment um, affordability um, just anything you can rent versus own comparisons anything you can think of on that front and have it condensed into about a it started we keep adding slides <laughs> um, so it was about 30 minutes now it's about 40 40 45 with some q a at the end but just to go through and answer all the basic questions. Is it safe to buy? What's going to happen? How will 2023 unfold in real estate? Um, is there opportunities that I'm not seeing? But just answer those basic questions because right. that's what people want to know. And when is your next uh, webinar? So if anybody wants to go out and watch that. So every Wednesday at noon, we have something that's educational based. So I think this uh, on, let's see, we are in the, so it's going to be. 18. The 18th, the 18th, we're going to be doing one on tools for buyers and kind of what I was just talking about, but how to understand strategically how to buy in this market. Uh, and then on what it would be the 25th, we'll be doing another state of housing where we'll dive deep into 2008 versus 2023. Perfect. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times, just a little uh, teaser, um, there's some very different things happening with demographics. There's a saying I really like, which is demographics is destiny. And no one's talking about the demographic shifts that are taking place. So we'll get into the weeds on that as well. Awesome. And we'll, we'll make sure that we have the links to those um, so that you guys can find that um, with the easier access. So um, Mike, as an investor, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about um, capital gains. Mm. So, you know, a lot of the times, um, with real estate, you know, if, if we have capital gains in a property, we run to a 1031 exchange if we're familiar with it. Um, it has a lot of, you know, rules and limitations sometimes. Um, but what about when people are selling like their business or they're selling a collectible or maybe Bitcoin, something that has capital gains? Um, and we are trying to you know, maybe defer the tax or, you know, we want to minimize the tax as much as possible. Tell us a little bit about the tool and the strategy that you recommend on that end. Absolutely. Well, this is one of the best kept secrets. In fact, uh, it's, I've heard it been called like the best kept tax secret and strategy that you've never heard of. I mean, <laughs> something along those lines, but it was part of the 2017 tax act, but the formation of opportunity zones, uh, was brought forward and it's really pretty amazing. I mean, it, it, when I first came across it, I thought it was too good to be true. Um, and it's a funny, I'm going to tell you the story how, how I first came across this, but um, for a while I was the chair of uh, financial advisor network for Azusa Pacific university. Mm -hmm. We were doing forward facing education to CPAs, financial planners, real estate professionals, and our clients on um, just creative thinking in creative tax planning um, in, you know, in all areas. But we were talking about the 1031 exchange. We're talking about the 721 provision, talking about DSTs. We had different experts for each, um, charitable remainder trusts. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the opportunity zone was kind of the new kid on the block, but we couldn't find an expert in that right. area. And so I said, you know what, I'll do the, I'll do the presentation, but I'll do it as an investor an interested investor, qualified that I'm not an expert, but just so we can at least cover it in this meeting. So I spent 
you know, a good couple of weeks just in the weeds on this and come to find out it's one of the best, most amazing things that I've ever seen and for and as far as being able to mitigate capital gains tax. And so long story short, the Opportunity Zone affords the, the it allows for somebody that has received capital gains to be able to uh, move those capital gains into what's called a QOF or a Qualified Opportunity Fund. Mm-hmm. And as long as it is in that fund for a 10-year window, all of the growth in that fund uh, over that 10 years will exit, just very similar to uh, like a Roth IRA treatment, tax-free at the end. And so um, it's pretty amazing. Um, and so I say this because a lot of people that have maybe a busted 1031 exchange right. uh, or they just decided they want to sell real estate, but they don't know there's a strategy for the gain portion that could be very favorable, um, that it's there's, a, there's just a, a better way um, to do this. And so I'm a huge fan of the, you know, the, the, the opportunity zone and what it affords investors. And there's a whole backstory. I mean, it's, it's meant and it's meant to, to attract investment into underserved areas. Right. So it's not just serving the investor. It's actually serving areas that have a true need for having, you know, having investment money come in to build them up. So it's right. pretty amazing. So a couple things on that. Um, I just finished reading that book that I told you the tax free, the tax generating that tax free wealth book. Um, and one of the, the things he mentions in that book is that the tax code will create opportunities or tax, you know, credits and uh, benefits to individuals so that things like that can happen, which means they're trying to help these, un, you know, undeveloped or underserved or these areas in our communities that, you know, are falling apart or they just need attention. Well, the government can't come in here and do it, right? So what do they do? They generate a, a, a tax credit or a tax benefit of some sort to attract investors into those areas so that they do the work and in return they get a benefit. So I like to tell clients is, you know, when they ask me, well, is this a write-off? Well, it depends, right? What kind of business are you running? So if we have a credit that you want to take advantage, let's change your business structure so that the credit applies. It's not, does this credit work for me? It's like, what credit do you want? Let's look at the rules and then let's change your business structure so that you could get the credit, right? right. And so um, a lot of the times we're out there trying to make this credit apply to us. But in reality, all credits apply to us if we just change the business structure, right? right. And that's where I feel like that's what the Opportunity Zone with Cyrus and, you know, this Opportunity Zone Fund is we have this tool. So what did you do? You went and you created Cyrus, you know, you guys put together a, a bunch of great people to, to you know, you and your partner and everybody involved with it now um, to go out and take advantage of this credit or this strategy, right? Because right? it wasn't really out there. And so um, I like to point that out because I always tell clients we could take advantage of a lot more if we just modify a little bit of what we're currently doing. We check off all the boxes, Right. right. So it is definitely possible. When is your next uh, Cyrus talk or is there a webinar recording or anything like that that you want to share? 
There's been a few, uh, actually national, um, we're getting some good recognition podcasts that I've been on recently that, uh, that I can share. Um, there'll be another one coming up, I think the, the 26th of January, that'll be a podcast. So I think it'll come out about a week after that, but there's, uh, there's two that, that do a really good job of explaining our fund and the advantage for investors, um, and it, it sunsets in 2026. So this is a window of time. Really, like the best, as I look at it, um, the best thing I've seen in, I mean, my lifetime, certainly, as far as uh, a healthy incentive that helps all parties involved. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, uh, who is it? I can't remember if it's Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger that says, you show me the incentive and I will show you the behavior. Mm-hmm. And, right, and it might have been Ronald Reagan. It says, if you want less of something, penalize it or tax it if you want more of something incentivize it right and so that's exactly what happens like water is going to seek the lowest level and that's yeah. what's happening here i think the issue is awareness right. a lot of people are needlessly paying capital gains tax because they don't know this exists and i was one of those for for a couple of years right had i i mean i i don't even want to think about the capital gains <laughs> tax that i paid when this was available mm-hmm. but i wasn't aware of it and so after coming across it and realizing that this is a, you know, this is a, a great solution that's a 1031 alternative or 1031 fallback, um, now it's been, as you know, part of part of my, my system and then something that we've been able to offer to, uh, you know, a lot of our clients and then investors. I think there's something else, else I've noticed too is all of the uber wealthy do this. They're all doing this. Mm-hmm. They're all these techniques. They take they take it on family offices. This is just part of the, their everyday conversation, but rarely does it make its way down kind of like to Main Street. And like the, you know, the little guy that's just trying to figure out how to, you know, do things better. And so that's who we're serving is we're serving the the, you know, sort of the everyday investor that that doesn't know this is an opportunity. And when you look at and you play this out over a 10-year window, a versus B, the amount of wealth someone can build with this strategy compared to not doing it is significant. Right. And I think um, a lot of people do compare it to Roth because there's really nothing else to compare it to, but it's even better because with the Roth, you're limited to accessing the money until age 59 and a half. And this only has a 10-year window that we have to you know, meet. And then after that, we have access to the funds. Yeah. The other good thing, too, is obviously if depends on where the capital gains come from, but you can walk away with bases and only invest capital gains. So there's a lot of really cool things about it that um, I think depending on the client and the situation that there's things that you could take advantage of. And like you said, a lot of people don't know about it. So, I mean, we can definitely have a whole podcast just on opportunities on funds and examples and things that we have seen. So, um, you know, thank you for sharing that. But we'll also put the link to that, uh, to the website for Cyrus and the podcast that you shared with me that I thought was really cool where you explained in detail what it is and, you know, how it works. Um, And since this podcast is generating more towards the business owner and investors, um, you know, give us some of your thoughts on the cash flow quadrants. You know, I think that... uh that's just so fascinating to me because I, I think all human beings grow up with a, a belief system and they get stuck in that their entire life. And sometimes it takes a jarring event to get over a certain belief system and then move into something that is a healthier belief system. So I think that the way that uh, you know Robert Kiyosaki described this, it was just brilliant because 
Um, I mean, it, it's it's almost like this progression, sort of like this game. And I see this interesting, you know, just uh, just for the cash flow quadrants, you've got your employed individual, you've got your, you know, self-employed individual, you've got your investor and your business owner. I actually never remember which it's order they're Business, owner, business and then owner, investor. owner and then mm-hmm. investor. So your business owner and then, of course, your investor that's a hunt, totally passive. So, but with the, with the business, with the self-employed, a lot of people are just... They're, they're, they really have a, a job that they are, they're paying themselves, but they don't have freedom of time. Right. So I have a concept I really like. It's called freedom of time and space and relationship, okay? So freedom of time and place and, and space and relationship. But the freedom to be able to go where you want, when you want, with who you want. Right. Okay? And you can't do that as an employee. You really can't do that as a self-employed individual because you're tied to the business a lot of times. Um, as an investor, there's still require there's as a business owner, um, there's still a level of time that's involved. Often, I mean, you can delegate, automate, or eliminate, and keep moving away from that. But as an investor, you're free in a sense. You're free, and so I just think that those four quadrants are very fascinating to me. To and I look at this once a week. Like how how can I continue to move the right direction and build things so that they run on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to needing to be involved, um, and especially things that are not highest and best. But yeah, if those are those quadrants, it is a, it's an aha moment if you haven't seen that to be able to. I just, in fact, a part of seventy five hard, you have to read yeah. every day, right? Ten pages. I mean, I I do that already, but just so one of the books that I did last year was, um, it was his second one. Maybe it was yeah. called it it's was cash called Cashflow Quadrant, quadrant mm-hmm. of course. So. Um, so I went through that again. I mean, I did it years ago and then again last year. And I something fascinating I think about reading is um, you can read the same book and get a totally new insight. As you grow. I missed a bunch of that last mm-hmm. time. Like I just didn't have the capacity as a person to be able to absorb it. Yes. And last year it's like, oh, I learned some things. How did I miss that yeah. last time? So I tell my clients, I'm a, a you know rich dad, poor dad sits on my desk and I tell them, this is your homework assignment. Yeah. And then I read it already. You need to read it again. And they're like, why? And well, because you're a different place in life. Right. Your business has grown. Uh, your wealth has grown. Something has changed that when you read this book again, you will pick up different things. Because before, it didn't register because you weren't there. You didn't have understanding because you weren't there. So I like reading it every single year for that reason. Because as I grow and I evolve, whether it's in my business or understanding of you know, uh, wealth, I pick up new nuggets from it. Mm. And so people are like, but you've read it. Yes, but you do pick up as you graduate. I call them graduating. You're graduating from being a W-2 employee to being self-employed, a slave to your own business, I say it. Mm. And then you want to graduate to being a business owner Mm -hmm. by creating processes and making sure that the business starts to operate without you, buying back your time. Mm And then the goal is to, you know, go into being an investor where you said that you have access uh, to your time, you have freedom, you have wealth, and you understand that money needs to work for you and not you for your money, right? So I call them graduating levels. Mm. Um, With proper planning and a path, I think we can all get there. You know, it takes a little time. Uh, I think the hardest thing is breaking our habits. (laughs) I agree with that. So, you know, breaking up our habits of uh, wanting to work and making things hard on ourselves uh, is one of the biggest things. Because it's not, shouldn't be hard to make money. 
you know, it, it's, there's more opportunity out there than we could ever manage in a hundred lifetimes. Yeah. It's a matter of just taking the time to be able to see it. And there's a Marcus Aurelius saying, which came to mind as you were talking, which is no, no man ever steps in the same river twice because it is not the same river and he is not the same man. I think that's pretty, pretty That profound, is very true. Pretty awesome concept. Well, thank so, you for that. Yeah. Um, well, lastly, Mike, you know, you've shared with us, you know, different uh, sayings. I know you love to read. What is a good read that we could share with the audience? So one that I'm, I'm going through reading again uh, <laughs> is a book called Who, Not How. Yes. And Who, Not How is... Uh, the authors are co-authored by Dan Sullivan and uh, Benjamin Hardy, two authors, no relation. Um, I'd like to meet them, though. Uh, and it's fascinating because the whole concept of this is we're, we are all wired and trained through our education system to learn how and how and how and how and how and to do and do and do and do and do. And there's only a finite amount of time in the day. Um, and one of the big aha moments of the book for me was to realize that every problem or challenge I face in life, I can pick one of two paths for it. I can either figure out how to solve it myself, right. or I can think who is somebody that's been down this road, that has maybe more education in this area, more experience, that can be my who to help me solve it. And so that's been just very eye-opening over the last couple of years. I'm reading it again, I'm reading it again because I'm learning new things that yeah. I didn't see a couple of years ago, but who, not how, highly recommend. And I'm surprised by your answer because I think that, you know, like I said, and I don't think, I know you've gone through all of the quadrants and you're at the investor side. And I always recommend the who, not how when I'm trying to graduate a self-employed individual to the business side because they need to understand processes. They need to understand why they need to get all these thoughts or all the hats that they wear mm -hmm. and start jotting them down so that we can hand these positions over to the new individuals so we can start creating time freedom for you, right? So when we first, most of our clients that come in wear all of the hats, mm -hmm. so they're overwhelmed with time. They don't even have time sometimes to meet with us. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need, you know, we need to go over your books, we need to go over your financial, financials. And they really don't have the time and when we start looking at their time, it's mm -hmm. because they're out there making the sales, they're out there making the product, they're out there doing, you know, the service, they're answering phones, they're doing everything that, it, hey, if you hired a receptionist or a virtual assistant, they could take care of that. They can respond to your emails. And so that book will start to show them how it's very important to look at who else can do this for you instead of you trying to figure it out and doing everything yourself. So yeah. I, I love that. I have an issue that I still am working to get over where every, I go through this exercise once a week, it's called the general's tent and I'll go through and answer a whole series of questions, review all of the different investments, cash positions, challenges on you know the business front, but just sort through it. Um, but one of the things that, that I have to answer is what can I automate, delegate or eliminate? And so every week I'm looking and trying to answer that question because I know that there is a who that can do something better that can free up the time you mentioned. Yeah. And the other thing is I always have this list. I'm like, nope, I'm going to do these things right here. And guess what happens at the end of the week? They're still on my list, right? And so then it's like, no, I need to delegate it or eliminate it, right? Yeah. Because so that's, that's, I think, you know, sort of some wiring just 
continuing to try and get over. But uh, I think the more that I think there's this really interesting dynamic and relationship between these four different areas between time, money, health, and for maybe lack of a better term, let's call it love, like positive emotions. Like people are always kind of like moving and trading between these things. And at the end of the day, people are are doing all the things they're doing are subconsciously driven because they're wanting they're wanting a particular like feeling or experience outcome. And so that's the reason that they're investing all this time in exchange for this money that they think will give them this outcome. Right. Right. And and that's a path to get there, but often like sacrificing their health in the process. So I just think like keeping all those things front and center can help us remain healthy because it doesn't matter how much money you have if you're not healthy, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, so a lot of those things are, uh, I think, important to keep an eye on. Well, thank you, Mike, for being here with us. You've shared amazing, you know, knowledge with us. Follow, look for Mike. He's always an amazing uh, person to talk to and listen to. We can go on for hours we talking. Can. We can. I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> so I really, uh, you know, appreciate you being here as our guest, uh, as a perfect example of an, an of an individual who, you know, is navigating this business world and, you know, learning to, you know, make money and that money works for you instead of you working so hard for your money. So I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate it. And if I can say this, um, you and your team have been instrumental, you know, and in helping me on that path because I had ideas of what I wanted to do, but I didn't quite know how. And so you became really a who that could help like figure that out. I think there's a lot of business owners that they just, they kind of know there's a better way, but you guys have been very instrumental to accelerating my growth. And I thank you for that. No, thank you. And this is what I call the brainstorming. We do brainstorm with our clients. Yes. Mike and I will sit here and we'll be like, what are your ideas? Shoot them at me. And we'll put some amazing plans together. And, you know, uh, I think that's why we drive is because you'll throw things at me and I'll be like, let's see, who do we know that can help us do accomplish some of these things? So thank you again for being here. I appreciate you very much. And if you guys uh, you know, want to follow us, we're at Instagram prominence. Uh, services uh we're also on facebook and you can always reach us through our website at uh, prominence services prominencebusiness.com and mike where can our clients find you uh yes i best place to go is uh my website which is mikehardenbio.com and uh on there just a quick link to uh church mortgage okay. efforts to uh, the cyrus fund um and then some other articles like that so Mike Hardy filed. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Awesome.